with Brady. Pass. What a catch! Gronkowski, touchdown! Look at that one-handed catch. Amazing catch. Gonna go to Benjamin. Up top he goes. Oh, he caught it. Did he get the feet down? He's in! What a catch! With two seconds to go in the half, the Bills regain the lead. The ruling on the field has been changed. It is an pass. Didn't have control of their sack when the second foot dragged, which is what it came down to. Hey, everybody. Welcome to week 17 of the Title Town podcast. Hello. We're your hosts. I'm Melissa Clark. I'm Craig Stanton. And we are celebrating a Patriots week 16 mm-hmm. victory, uh, 37-16 over the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. We're also celebrating a little bit late. We recognize that this is a bit of a late-breaking uh, Title Town episode. Yeah, okay, get off me! It was Christmas, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not putting it on you. That's you know we both share that. Yeah, we burden. got stuff to do. We got families yeah. and shit too. Craig, how was your Christmas? It was delightful, Melissa. How was yours? Good. We had a nice white Christmas in mm-hmm. Boston. I know you were behind enemy lines in Philly. Sure was so down in Philadelphia. Did. Saw that uh, Eagles Raiders game in person. Tell you what, I am not scared to play the Eagles in the Super Bowl if that does end up happening. Ooh. It, I don't think it will, Hot based take. on what I saw on Monday yeah. night, but for anybody that watched that game. Yeah, it a, makes you wonder. The NFC's a little more open now. I, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Mm. Craig went to check it out for himself, make sure we were right. Yeah, and I was giving, prior to witnessing Monday night's game against the Raiders, I had been giving Nick Foles a little bit of a chance. No, it's over. It's, it's right. over. Good news for the Philadelphia Eagles, though, is that when you see the drop-off be so dramatic like that from Wentz to Foles, it's like really lets you know that you've got something in Carson Wentz. Yeah, I you think it, for them, it lets them know like long-term, they've got their quarterback. He's a guy that can lead them Absolutely. into the future. Absolutely. I mean, they went, yeah, whatever. This is a Patriots show. Yeah, we don't care about <laughs> the Eagles. So yeah, Pats win uh, 37-16 against the Bills. Final score makes it seem like the game was a little bit more comfortable than I think it actually was. Yeah. It wasn't such a barn burner. No, definitely not. Patriots played like crap, I think, for the first half. Got bailed out at the very end of the first half by yet another overturned touchdown. We'll get into that in a minute. And then sort of turned it on end of the third throughout the fourth quarter and, and kind of ran away with it. But Yeah, they kind of did what they do, right? And like crunch time happens and they make some strategic plays. They move the ball pretty efficiently and ultimately end up coming away with the win. Yeah. But you're right. It, this, you hear that score and you're like, oh man, yeah. they crushed them. Comfortable no. AFC East late season trouncing. Yeah. They did not crush them. Not that comfortable. Yeah. And you had, I think, you know, there are some injuries to, to mention too, like no James White, no Rex Burkhead, no Chris Hogan. Yeah. Some of which I would hope would be back for the playoffs. You know, the Jesus, Patriots with injuries so. are always hard because they're never really like super transparent. Um, yeah, everybody's yeah. kind of always on the injury report constantly. So uh, those three guys didn't play this week. So it's one thing for like people to be listed on the injury report or be like questionable. Like Brady's always kind of questionable on yeah. the injury report for them to not actually play. You know, when they were still playing for home field advantage, he, ooh, it makes you worried about like, okay, we're only three weeks away from a divisional round. Are they going to be back? Like, how significantly are they hurt? Hogan tried to come back and, like, hasn't it hasn't been sustainable. Yeah, it didn't really work out. He was back for that, what, just for the Pittsburgh game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because uh, there have been some Patriots seasons where, at this point in the year, they're really not playing for anything. And, I mean, the Patriots getting off yeah. to a, as slow of a start as they did, you know, losing to Kansas City, losing to Carolina, those losses are catching up with them now. So here you are in week, you know, 17 with... You know, if they lose, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It would just mean that if you play Pittsburgh in the playoffs, you 
do it at Heinz Field, but I think the odds of playing Pittsburgh in an AFC Championship game are pretty good. Yeah, pretty high. And you know, you're playing for home field throughout the playoffs. Right. On, you know, and now you have to Sunday. play all the way through right. Week 17. In, uh, I know the Patriots are big into like no days off, but like, man, it would be nice to have a little bit yeah, of a cupcake game in totally. there. Totally. If you if you took care of business in Miami, this could have been a this this could be a Brian Hoyer game. Whoa. One thing that was good coming out of the Buffalo week, though, is I, my my biggest concern going into it was injuries, and everybody came out more or less clean, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't any of that funny business, right? That which is which about. is uh, Sean McDermott, right, head coach of the Bills. Sure. Uh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that shows that like he's kind of got a good handle on the team. You know, the fact that they didn't let that like get in the way and like there was no, as far as I could tell, there was no signs of retribution or revenge or anything like that. They were just trying to win from what I could gather. Yeah, they looked disciplined and like they were taking the game seriously. And even when they were down, you know, they weren't just like balls to the walls. They were actually still a good organization. Yeah, Which is weird that we're giving them praise for just like showing up and being professional. (laughs) You never know out there. I mean, if Rex Ryan's the head coach of that team. Do you think they're like as buttoned up? No, and, my like, God, no. On. They're like tickling everyone's feet, just <laughs> knocking people down. Uh, Craig, let's go to your opening take because it relates to something we were just talking about. Yeah, so my opening take is regarding that overturned touchdown that wasn't at the end of the first half. And if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It's Calvin Benjamin against Stephon Gilmore. <laughs> Check any uh, uh, Bills fan's Twitter feed. Yeah, or Steelers it. at this point. They're like bound together in their mutual <laughs> hatred. <laughs> For the refs and the Patriots. Yeah. And, you know, we talked a lot last week about the Steelers overturned touchdown. Jesse yeah. James reaching out and hitting the ground and losing the ball, not surviving not a catch. the ground. <laughs> this anyway. one was a little different. And this one, like, jammed me up. So Ooh. you have Calvin Benjamin who makes the catch over Stefan Gilmore in the corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. He gets two feet down. Hangs onto the ball throughout. He doesn't even go to the ground. He stays upright the whole yeah. time. And, like, goes out of bounds, calling the field as touchdown. Every scoring play is reviewed. Right. Right? So they go to review, and they end up overturning it because he's, like, you know, not... I wouldn't even call it bobbling because he wasn't bobbling the ball. It was just... The ball was sort of moving about his body. Yeah. Like within yeah. within the cradle of his hands, but not, like, secured. Right. Right. As he's going out of bounds. And I basically have I have two problems with this. Okay. Give it to me. One is that I kind of just hate that every scoring play is reviewed. Yeah. Why do we need to do that? Right. Like, They're not all controversial. Like, that was a touchdown. <laughs> Deion Lewis runs into the end zone unblocked. Like, <laughs> Why, yeah. Like, just... Ju- I, I think in... Like, let's just use the coaches' challenges for what they're meant for and leave replay out of every scoring play. Like, that's an easy Ooh. thing that the NFL can do to just make a lot of these controversial calls just go away, yeah. right? Because it wasn't controversial until they overturned it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it was wasn't like a was it, wasn't touchdown. it. Like, it was every, yeah. everyone seemed to think it was a touchdown until they reviewed well, it. Well, not your boy Romo. Well, oh, did he call it? He kind of was like, oh, I don't know if that was a catch. Well, he's conditioned to now because uh. he, he probably felt like such a boob know, last got, week for being so, so much heat. like blindsided. He so right. He Anyways, so the, hurt. the other thing anyway. that jams me up about this particular call is that We've seen this happen. We've seen something happen a lot, which is a, a player who catches the ball inbounds and like the whole surviving the ground thing happens out of bounds. Let me restate that. We, I got it. Okay. <laughs> so if, if Calvin Benjamin had been diving, right, and he hits the ground and the ball squirts out of his hands on the ground out of bounds, that would have been considered a no catch, even though like the event occurred out of bounds. In this case, so you can, so basically what I'm trying to say there is that you can lose possession out of bounds. Right. The call that went against him this week was he 
wasn't allowed to gain possession out of bounds. So as he's going out of bounds, the ball is sort of bobbling. And then by the time he's out, he's managed to secure it. Yeah. But by that point, he's out of bounds, so the, the securing of the ball then doesn't count. So to me, that seems inconsistent, that you can lose possession when you're out of bounds, but you can't gain possession when you're out of bounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. I feel like we're either going to stop looking at anything that the player's doing, whether it's dropping or holding the ball once they step out of bounds, or you see the play all the way through, and if he you know, gathers it, and and uh, maintains possession, then you count that as possession. Or if he loses it, then you count that as losing it. You know, seems inconsistent that you can lose possession out of bounds, but you can't gain it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the way to do that is that at some point you have to be in bounds. Because now I'm thinking, now I'm getting like crazy and thinking like, well, you just run out the back of the end zone and like catch the ball over there. It's like, well, I gained possession out of bounds. Yeah, I just you know, e- either way, I, I get mean, what you're saying though. There's a spirit. I to would it say, of, like, so I would say my my change of the NFL rulebook would be. Like, forget about the whole, like, oh, did you see the ball, like, move around? Like, this is that Austin Safarian Jenkins thing. Yes. Where he's, like, changing hands. hands. He's going from, like, the ball's, like, cradled in his right hand, and he kind of goes across his yeah, body, he and wants then it to goes get it into in, his He wants left. to make sure the ball's yeah. in bounds. Yeah, or I think yeah. it was probably the opposite, sure. left or right, whatever. But, like, no one's I, I feel like here. if you're still, like, ha- if the ball is still, like, on in your, your person, vicinity, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that should be possession personally i mean they don't if you if you were running in the field of play and you bobble the ball that that's not considered a loss of possession if you regain it you know like yeah sure that's not like running 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 oh a quick fumble Whoop. occurred <laughs> and then i regained possession no it's just like you fucking bobble the ball and then got it again. it like, happens because no, yeah. you're like running quickly and other large men are running at you yeah they just need to be less nerdy I, you like, know i yeah and i think it comes down to like it's got to be spirit of the rule and not necessarily like letter of the law all the time like if everybody watching you know i think the idea of like replay was to get rid of that like we're all watching at home and saying like what the fuck is happening that is so blatantly wrong last week i think is a good example of that right like you're watching the replay you see his hand come off the ball and you're like homie that's not a catch right exactly right yes it's so it was blatantly incorrect and you can see why the official would make the wrong call on the field because it's happening fast they're like the human eye is not infallible but i agree it seemed so nitpicky and minute and like and it was never in question in the first place that's the part that really bothers me no one was all these scoring plays being reviewable i think that opens you up to just being way too microscopic yeah you're watching on like 17 screens with high def zooming camera angles and Mm -hmm. it's like okay well that but that's not what's happening like in competitive sport you you want there to be a little bit of a sense of wonder and like holy shit can you believe that yeah. catch like that's incredible and instead you're like wah, wah, well what's al river on gonna say about right, it he's right. basically controlling the destiny of every team totally out there and i don't i honestly don't mind the surviving the ground rule like i think you know we talked about this a ton last week again but like i think that like maintaining possession through the entirety of the catch yeah, you know is important. is important but like the whole idea of just like you have it like in your bread basket right like the balls like between your hands and your chest and it just kind of like wiggles a bit or like what like I, come on yeah. like you have it if it's not a free that's not like a that's not a, a change of possession that's not like a freebie that anybody could just reach down and pick right. it up like it's in your hands anyways yeah. so sucks for bills fans sucks for steelers fans good for patriots <laughs> good fans. for patriots fans evil but empire like, strikes again yeah oh man brutal i was listening to the radio broadcast at the time scott solak 
said something to the effect of like, I don't know anything about football anymore. I just don't know anything about football anymore. Like, I don't even know what to say right now. I just, I, I thought I knew. I don't know. Whatever. It was pretty good. That's great. That's pretty funny. Uh, what's your opening take? My opening take is I'm glad we're recording later in the week because we get to talk mm. about some breaking news. Yeah. The Patriots picked up James Harrison. Yeah, that's right. Those of you that, that don't. James Harrison. Well, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> he's been a Steelers mainstay linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's won two rings with the Steelers, uh, gotten a Defensive Player of the Year award. Look at Set me with, right. with some statistics wow. for you people. Got the uh, got the resume. Yeah. The rock. This year, though, eh, not so much playing. He's played about 40 snaps for the Steelers. Total. All season. Yeah, all season. All season. That's not a lot, in case you aren't aware. Low number. <laughs> um, and inexplicably, I would say, the Steelers cut him this week. Just dropped him from the roster. They say it's they needed to make room. They need to make a spot for another player, uh, Gilbert. That doesn't matter. Um, and the Patriots picked him up. And, you know, and I, I've heard my take about it. It's like I hear a lot of people talking about, like, oh, good pickup, good pickup, because they're going to get all this intel on the Steelers from him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe, I guess. But I don't think that is really, like, a game changer. If you've never watched any, like, clips of james harrison um you should he's a kind of a psychopath yeah like, he's definitely a, 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 a yeah yeah yes. i don't know how many state secrets you would trust him with right. let's just put that out there he's got pretty good social media presence like you'll find him out there you'll find videos of him sitting on his helmet saying in training camp saying like oh, i'm just enjoying my view for the season like yeah he's also not... well known for yelling at the cameras during uh hard knocks yeah. that one year yeah, um, he, he's not necessarily like what you would call a stable human being. <laughs> we're going to class put him in a class of people. Um, so I, I don't know how much intel they're really going to get. Mm. I do think it's a solid pickup because it doesn't cost you much. I th- they have to pay a one game check, which is like $59,000 for him. Um, and they're pretty thin at linebacker. Oh, extremely so thin. If you have some psycho that can just run up the middle and take down a quarterback... Why wouldn't you sign him? Like, it's a freebie signing and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the risk, the reward is well greater than the risk, I think, in this case. Yeah. And, I mean, you you know, keep in mind that a few weeks ago we were talking about Eric Lee after he had the, which game was that? No, the previous Buffalo game where he had that interception and I think he had a fumble recovery or a forced fumble or something. defensive player. Picked up Eric Lee off of the Bills practice squad. Eric Lee's playing, like, 50 snaps a game. Like, Eric Lee plays every defensive down. Like, that's not good. That's not a good thing. I mean, it's good that they can pick players up like that, but the fact that he's... The fact that he's getting that much playing yeah. time means that they are they need some help. I, I, the defense is thin. They were already thin when they had just Hightower. Losing him was a huge blow yeah. to that defensive line. And so you put someone there who knows how to play. He, You don't need a super big playbook for a linebacker. Right. It's stand here, hit that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get him. That's it. I think also that like... Hit the guy in the middle. I'd the rather ball. have an older player who knows where to be than a younger player who's probably more athletic and faster and things like that, but, like, isn't in the right places at the right time. Like, think of, like, Rob Ninkovich, right? Like, who wasn't the biggest guy, wasn't the fastest guy, but had sort of a nose for the ball and just was always in the right places. Like, he was never confused out there, right? Right. Like, I feel like, you know, I also felt this way about um, David Harris. I felt this way about David Harris coming into the season, and that hasn't really panned out because David Harris hasn't hardly played 
at all for the Patriots, yeah. but older veteran player who's certainly lost a step. I mean, James Harrison's 39 years old. Yeah, That's he's ancient excited for a to have him. He took up again the social media presence, took a picture with Tom Brady because he right. was excited that he had a teammate older than him finally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, they can go to their AARP meetings together. <laughs> I also hope that, you know, people thinking that he's going to like give them a lot of intellect is kind of like Patriots fans trying to find a reason that this is a good signing. Yeah. Or like uh, how Belichick is a bigger, he's more of a genius. Right, like, right, right, right. Dummy Tomlin, why would you do it? Now look what you gave Bill. Like trying okay. to ascribe some genius. Cause if yeah. you're just looking past the fact that like you're trying to find a reason why it's brilliant. Yeah, and so it's why like, is signing the 39-year-old linebacker in the last week of the season brilliant? Oh, because he'll have intel on the Steelers. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah it's not, he's not. He's not. He just needs a player, and he's going to see what happens, and like, what does it matter? What's your take on uh, butthurt Steelers fans who are well, now like burning oh, their James Harrison Oh, my jerseys? God. They got effigies in the streets, probably. You know, I think if you want to get like a little conspiracy theory on it, why did the Steelers release him? After week 16, there's one more week. You don't even play people, pay people for the playoffs. So it's not like it was a money-saving move. Like, it's kind of weird. He's been sitting on the bench all season. Yeah, he's been a healthy scratch most it, weeks, so and when he's dressed, he hasn't really played. I, I don't I don't get it. I, it's a weird thing, and there is, like, there are a lot of... Peter King wrote an article on SI.com today about how, like, it feels like something else is going on yeah, here. Like, what's the I story? don't know what it is. And the Steelers fans are not happy. They are mad that he joined you know, what they consider their biggest enemy. Oh, right? chief and rival, like, for sure. Yeah, the between the Ravens and the Patriots, right, right, the Steelers right. hate both of those teams, but Ravens aren't that good that, this right, year. Right, so right. it is kind of weird, and I wonder why. I wonder if maybe, like, he had an injury that they were hiding. But then why would you put him on IR? I don't know. There's there's really no... I there's can't no think good of any, reason. All these scenarios, none of them equal cut the player. Yeah, nothing adds up to why Especially you would just James cut Harrison. him. Especially for James Harrison, like... For the, and again, like a lot of our listeners probably aren't like super familiar with the Steelers, but like it's Teddy Bruschi, right? Like, it's yeah, like yes, this exactly, is who that is exactly. for the Steelers. Like to call him a fan favorite is like an understatement. Like he's a huge part of their identity and the success that they've had mm-hmm. over the last 10-ish years or so. Like, you know, has had huge plays in Super Bowls. He had that like oh, yeah, 99 yeah. yard interception yeah, return where they had Warner. to get the oxygen mask in 2009. <laughs> um, so like this is a big deal from the, for from the fandom. Yeah, um, and the Steelers just are make known goddamn sense. as kind of a team with like ceremony and fanfare and like they've yeah, been around a long for sure. time. Um, and loyalty yeah, and like all those yeah. like like the Iron Curtain and the terrible ta- like they have those things. They're not some like fair weather fan team. That's a big deal to them. Um, and to cut someone so kind of ruthlessly and with no ceremony, like not even to give him a retirement party or yeah. like let the fans know this was going to be his last game so they could celebrate him. It, it all feels very weird and strange. Well, and so you wonder like, is he a little butthurt about it and going to get like, is he going to play a little nastier against Roethlisberger? <laughs> I mean, he's because already... he's mad. And people talk about like, Oh, you know, he should be loyal. Well, why should he be loyal? No. There's no loyalty in the NFL. Contracts aren't guaranteed. He just got cut unceremoniously. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm coming at you, bro. Totally. And just, I would just be, God, I, I wouldn't care what the play call was. I'd be also, like, I also take Roethlisberger in, down. Yeah, I don't think it's in James Harrison's makeup to like 
be nice. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't think you I have a successful career yeah, as a linebacker for exactly. as long as he has because you're like, oh, hey, buddy, hey, how's bud. it going? <laughs> gee, gee, Willikers, like did you get Tim a little nicked on that play? The yeah, Tim Tebow, like, like, complimenting the player, like, on the opposing Jesus team, Christ. like, no. after the hit. Like, hey, nice hit, man. Yeah, good job. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, stay on the ground. Right? Like, he's going to be nasty. Right. And- mean and yeah we'll see angry. i mean if he plays that is he'll be all well, those things yeah, he might sure. just be like looking menacing on the sideline oh just walking up and down like a caged tiger it's gonna something. be weird seeing him in a patriots jersey though it's gonna be sure. weird it's gonna talk about being behind enemy lines jesus mm. all right let's uh get to some other stuff yeah we talked about james harrison being old we also talked about who else let's is talk old. about the first oldest guy on the team (laughs) the elder statesman if you will so all right so just to set the scene a little bit so pats are in the playoffs obviously afc Um, champs yet again this week uh week 17 at home against the jets they're going to be playing for home field advantage throughout the playoffs yeah if they were to lose they would uh, if they played the Steelers, they wouldn't have home field, but if they played anybody else, they'd have home field. Right. Um, yeah, it's really coming down. for first place, basically. Yeah, and yeah. it's, again, to your point earlier, like, it sucks because now they have to give it their all. They do have the tiebreaker against Pittsburgh, right, so if they both win or lose, the Patriots get home field. Exactly. Really, exactly. the only tragedy is if the Patriots lose and the Steelers win. Right. And so the Patriots shouldn't be looking past this game, but we're going to. Uh, (laughs) yeah we can we're not on the roster yeah and we're gonna talk a little bit of like what we're thinking about going forward in the playoffs mostly our concerns because we're both negative people i have one (laughs) give it to me and my concern is basically this i'm a little bit concerned about the quarterback um he's thrown interceptions in the last five games yep that's not great against teams that i wouldn't call them menacing defenses you yeah, know, they're not the most. Um, between, you know, Miami, the Steelers, Buffalo twice. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. You know, he's thrown five picks in his last five games. And I do believe that there's some sort of injury there. We'll oh, yeah. find out, you know, six months from now. You know, he'll show up at some yeah, when charity event in like a walking boot show. or something, um, you know. Um, but I look at last season where Brady is suspended for the first four games. Oh, we remember. And then <laughs> and then Melissa's fist just clenched. Uh, suspended for the first four games, then plays 12 games in uh, 13 weeks, right? And then yeah. the playoffs last year played a really poor game against Houston in the divisional round. I mean, the team yeah. won because Houston did not enter that game with a functioning offense. Right. But once the again, game that Brady quarterback played, injuries led to... Yeah, the game that Brady played that year in that game was pretty bad. Piss poor, I would say. The Steelers if I remember game correctly. was good. I mean, he they played well against the Steelers yeah, for sure. Rose up and to the then occasion. For the first half of the Super Bowl against the Falcons was trash, and then the second half was yeah. Miraculous. Maybe you've seen the T-shirt. So it was three to twenty-eight. Fifty percent of last year's playoff runs, Brady was not just not great, but like real bad. Right? Yeah. Laughing at your own joke over there? Yeah, no, I like when you just talk over me. Like, I don't know what nonsense garbage she's talking. I'm just going to keep making my intelligent point until she shuts up. Anyways, you. so fast forward to this week, year, rather. I'm here. So take a look at this year. I made it. And now he's played, six, he's played a full season, full 16 season, games. And I feel like we're starting to see that end of the year decline. And it's it's, I don't know if it's a pattern just yet. I mean, certainly the team isn't following their normal trajectory of like playing their best football in sort of the final like four or five weeks of the season. 
Um, but I don't know. I wonder about what we're going to see in the playoffs with good competition, with something to play for, you know, no cupcake games, and a 40-year-old quarterback. As much as we like to joke about the fucking avocado ice cream and stuff like that, like, he's 40. He's going to stop being good at some point. It will happen. Yeah, people. I'm not even 40, and if I, like, walk up a steep flight of stairs, I'm tired. Winded. <laughs> it's not great. We're on the third floor here, and I'm not feeling good. So that's, <laughs> that's my chief concern. No, well, that's not my chief concern. It's just one of my concerns. Uh, well, I have a concern, too. Go. And I think it ties into what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's also about the Brady thing, but it's, I think, the lack of chemistry. You know, I think if there's one thing we've seen, it's that he doesn't have the Edelman, Burkhead... Chris Hogan, these players that he's played with year over year that he's had an opportunity to build some rapport with, build some understanding. You know, we're seeing some of those picks and like, yes, you can blame interceptions on the quarterback and he certainly plays a big part. But my guess is someone was supposed to be there to receive that ball. Yeah. And and just off the top of my head, like I know the one last on Sunday was to Kenny Britt. Um, the two I think that he threw in the Miami game were both to Cooks. Cooks. Like these are guys who, in the case of Kenny Brady, he's been on the team for like two seconds. Cooks only this season. Yeah, and I think to me it speaks to like okay, so uh, you know I don't play football, I don't coach football, but like you know maybe there is something to be said for you can't just it doesn't happen in a year, right? You need some more consistency. And we talk all the time about one of the reasons the Patriots have been successful is that they've had the Belichick and Brady consistency. Mm-hmm. But he's also had some consistency at receiver too. And yes, there is turnover in their lineup as there is in anyone's lineup, but it's usually like one guy. So when Wes Welker left, right? Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman had already been there and were coming up and mm-hmm. then Welker leaves. And so you're like cycling a guy out as two other people are coming up. You don't turn the whole roster. And this season between injuries and signings, it does feel like they turned more of Brady's weapons um, than they have in years past. And I think you're seeing that lack of chemistry coming to fruition in things like not completing passes, him getting sacked more because he's having to hold the ball longer um and and i think that's a concern because like so they get into these tight spots and now they don't have a cupcake team in between it's game 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 and they're all good opponents and they're all playing hard and you're all fighting for something how how are they going to make it work Mm -hmm. you know to win the super bowl it's three weeks in a row that you have to play at your very best and i don't know that we've seen that all season yeah and i mean and you mentioned it but Injuries definitely play a part in that. And I mean, some of those, some of that continuity from last year is hurt, you know, like Mm -hmm. in terms of the people that were on pass catchers on the team last year, you know, you've got Gronk, Amendola, Hogan, James White. Deion Lewis was hurt virtually all of last year, so I'm not really counting that one. But they played the year before. And he's been really like stepping up his game over the last couple weeks. And he's something actually I feel really good about going into the playoffs. You know, I mentioned last week how the Brady, the Gronk thing is so automatic and like, could potentially be good enough to win them a Super Bowl. I don't know. We'll see. But like having Deion Lewis be as dynamic as he's been, it certainly looks like it's going to help. AFC Player of the Week this week. Sure was. Good for him. Yeah. I just heard a really crappy radio interview with him on the way in here. Today. Oh, really? Yeah. I missed that. that he's got to get a new phone. Shopping. He should take some of that AFC Player of the Week money and get himself a new phone because it was brutal. It's amazing how many players have just trash <laughs> yeah, phones. Yeah, burners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I feel generally confident about a lot of things, but those are that those two, I think, are are they're concerns. They're the, real. Those are big concerns. I also have concerns about the defense for Christ's oh, sake. Oh my crying god, out loud. Stephon Gilmore and Butler. You cannot. Butler does not get a pass on this. Uh, go on. 
He's played like trash. He hasn't been good. He isn't even taking the main coverage. And like, right. he, my God, you can throw a long ball over that guy and he just, doesn't even seem to know where he's supposed to be. If I had to pick one, though, to like really light up, <laughs> it would be Gilmore. Why? Like, Because when Malcolm Butler gets beat, I just feel like he, like, I don't know. He just Cares. gets beat. Like, it's just like, uh, it's just straight up. Like, he's playing hard. He's in the guy's grill and someone just makes a catch. You don't feel like it's an effort thing with him. You think it's just a, he gets, it's a talent yeah i mean I don't, I don't know I a don't matchup really feel like, if you will because i don't want to i feel like stefan gilmore isn't not trying but i mean it's he just when he gets beat it looks bad like he's like two three steps behind someone you know like you got gilmore like turning around trying to find the ball like looking to make a pick type of thing and then in the meantime the receiver he's covering gets two or three steps on him and now he's gone like oh, you think he's looking to showboat instead of like i don't complete even know the play. what it is like okay. I, I just feel like when malcolm butler gets beat place. he's like he he's in the guy's shorts. He's like right in his grill, and yeah. the, and someone just makes a catch. And I feel like when Stephon Gilmore gets beat, he's like hanging off the guy's arm, like a step and a half behind him, just desperately trying to make a competitive play. And someone completes a, a, a pass easily, and he makes a shitload of money. Well, there's that, <laughs> and they got to be able to stop people. Like that's that's well, and they. I mean, you can run all over them. Oh, for sure. Hopefully, James Harrison stops some of that. I guess, mm -hmm. but you. You know, I think the only saving grace, I'm like talking myself into a circle, is uh, I'm trying to think of who they're going to play in the divisional round. And they're not necessarily a ton of running teams in the AFC this year. I also don't think you can, if you're planning on beating the Patriots by running the ball, I think you're, I think that's a flawed strategy. Maybe. Because yeah. I think like it just, it would take forever and. Well, isn't that what you want? You want to kill clock so Brady doesn't have the ball for as long? Yeah, I, I don't think can, it's a bad but plan at all. You run know. the ball, you can move the chains. Like the, they can't really stop running. They can't you, stop you the run. That's gain absolutely yards accurate. almost. You can't, they cannot stop every single time. And if you can do it, you slow down the. So now you're slowing the game down. You're maintaining possession. You're killing clock. And like we know that Brady beats teams because he has time to do it. If you don't give him the ball, he's not going to have time to drive it down the field. Yeah, I mean you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I'm thinking like, who are they going to play? That can run against them like that, though. Like the Steelers have a good running back. They sure do. When he decides Let to get in the game, yeah. um, I guess I just haven't seen a team beat the Patriots by running since Ray Rice had that playoff game in like 2009. Yeah, well, and just, just like teams ran are, all over them in the first quarter, yeah, and it was like okay. done before it even started. Hold on, but just because teams are stupid and don't do it doesn't mean it's well, not the right way to do it. I, that's why and I'm they just get conditioned to they think get, that that's a bad strategy. Yeah, they get behind, and then there's this like theory in the NFL, and it's it's not wrong necessarily. Like, oh, you're behind, you got to pass the ball, you got to pass the ball, you got to mm -hmm. pass the ball, and it's like, well, if you just started stronger with the wrong coming out of the gate, right? You might not need to pass the ball. You can keep it close, and the Patriots aren't going to be able to do much about it right but that's the thing and you like, avoid the pick that all that all ropes into like the patriots like overall strategy which is like get up on teams sort of turn them a little bit one-dimensional right so they have to pass yeah and do the whole thing where your offense is working enough to get touchdowns and you want to hold them to field goals whenever you can so like if any part of that doesn't go great sure. then like then then it's just who God only knows, you know. Yeah, you just fall off the rails. Right. 
But you know, you're right. I mean, they can't stop. They cannot stop anybody. It's that's one of those things where you know, on any given play, it's not like they're giving up these like long yards, but like right. it's like five, six yards a pop. Like that's, that's all you a lot. need. That's like, all to you average need. like five yards per carry mm-hmm. for a defense. Yeah, you is, don't like, need a, a pop ton. off for an eighty yard run. Right, right. You you need the like ticky tack. Get people tack. off the field. Yeah. And stop them on third exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. I have a douche of the week. Oh, you do? Yeah. We were we were considering not even having a douche of the week because Melissa and I are just both chronically underprepared for this week's episode we and were, late. We were going <sighs> to give it to ourselves. Just brutal. Brutal. <laughs> brutal Who you got? I think we should give it to the entire Cleveland Browns oh, organization. Okay. They play the Steelers this week. At home. No, no, no. no. Steelers at, at home. Steelers. Right. Yeah. At Heinz Field. So yeah, like, fuck you. Thanks for nothing. You're going to go 0-16 and just hand the Steelers a win because you're such a garbage team I, I god damn it it's so irritating i forget who the player is but there's some hot shot college player who um is ref- has like come out and said that they're like he's gonna refuse to go to the browns yeah it's and like I, the eli manning getting signed by well, the so that's the thing generally speaking i hate it when college players do that and yeah. they're like mm, i'm not going to that team like when eli did it won't wouldn't go to the chargers like i despise that generally speaking yeah i will however make an exception for the cleveland browns i will i will stand firmly behind any college player who's like fuck the browns they went one and 15 last year they're about to go oh and 16 this year like that organization is probably the worst professional sports team in sports like, okay, you're just such a stain on the entire league that you can go 1-31, and 31, quick math. Nice. Whoa, girls can do math. Nice job. 1-31 uh, over two seasons. And just, you know, when you're just shitting on other teams' playoffs because, like, they play in the AFC North, which is a tough division. Mm-hmm. And here you get two cupcake games on your season schedule. Season schedule. So, okay, so Steelers... Got to play them twice. Yeah. And that's like win-win. Great. You don't even have to try. You barely even have to show up. They barely show up. So, like, why not? Why are you going to bring your A game? Anybody who's in one of those, like, suicide, you know, pick them leagues or whatever, just follow the Browns around. Yeah, whoever whoever they're playing, playing. you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it is brutal. It's just like, you know, for the NFL, I think, has pretty decent parity. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, just, I don't know, generally. Not them. Certain teams coming up and going down, and yeah, being yeah, more you see different year teams like, in the unreal playoffs. how bad they are. So yeah, I'm glad we gave them just the overall just douche of the general, last two years. Stop they didn't sucking. do anything, but they're fucking up the Patriots this week because now the Patriots have to play hard against the Jets because they both play at the same time. Yeah, I mean the, the Steelers have the ultimate. They could not have asked for a better. Yeah, they have the like, ultimate like because they get the best of both worlds. They can sit people and still win exactly. easily. Exactly. So they can sit people. So now they get almost Landry two Jones can play that game five he can weeks take every in a row. It's fine. Yeah. Oh damn! I didn't even realize Fucking that. Fucking Browns. Right yeah, but at least we'll have all that intel from James Harrison's <laughs> crazy ass. Yeah, so we'll know everything about what's going on. It's not like we're gonna have any game film from this week to watch, so it's not even gonna matter. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, douche of the week, Cleveland Browns. Suck it. Yeah. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for us. You can follow us uh, at TitletownCast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can also tell us if you thought we were wrong. Mm-hmm. We weren't, but that's fine. You can state your opinion too whatever uh we're also now featured on guybostonsports.com so definitely check us out there they have lots of great articles and information too so you can 
peruse some other intel as we prepare for week 17. You could do some perusing. You could also give them a follow at, at Guy Boston Sports. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Do it. And tell your friends and family. All right. Get hey, them involved. See you next week. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, see you in 2018. Adios. Dad joke. Bye. <laughs>